Well, now we know it. Now we have uh, an interesting new report now confirming the most likely source of the coof, where it came from, is exactly where you thought it was. All those people that were called conspiracy theorists, all those people that were banned from Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all those people that were demonetized on YouTube, having their livelihoods taken away from them, labeled as alt-right, terrible people for perpetuating, call, being called you know, saying you have a problem with Chinese people for even possibly suggesting this. Well, you were right, at least according to this new report. And it's interesting that the media is finally reporting on this. It's interesting that the media is finally talking about this. Must be because they want us to go to war now with China. So, the lab leak is a scandal of media and government censorship. The Wall Street Journal reports that the Energy Department has concluded that the COOF, was that, uh, the COOF lockdowns and everything likely arose from a laboratory leak. Now, wait, YouTube, I'm reading a new, I'm re reading the Wall, a Wall Street Journal quote, okay? I'm not speculating. It's okay when the, finally... Two years later, the, me the media is fine to admit what two-thirds of this country already knew. The conclusion was partly based on classified intelligence report recently provided to the White House and key members of Congress. Many will be exploring why the scientific evidence of a lab leak was so slow to emerge from intelligence agencies. I wonder why. Kind of like how they had that laptop forever, right? There will continue to be a debate. However, I'm sorry, for my, for my part, the most alarming aspect was the censorship, not the science. There will continue to be a debate. I mean, that's, that's, that's the biggest concern for me. Like, actual doctors getting, getting censored. Entire careers destroyed. Just for merely suggesting that the lab might have been the result. Academics joined this chorus in marginalizing anyone raising this theory. Oh, sorry. Start here. For years, the media and government allied to treat anyone raising this lab theory as one of three possibilities. Conspiracy theorist, racist, or racist conspiracy theorist. Academics joined the chorus in marginalizing anyone raising the theory. One study cited the theory as an example of anti-Chinese racism and toxic white masculinity. As late as May 2021, the New York Times science and health reporter uh, was calling any mention of the theory racist. She embodies the model of the new advocacy journalism at the Times. Reporters who remained wedded to the dated view of objective journalism were purged from the ranks of the Times long ago. Mendelevy and others made clear that reporters covering the theory were, uh, were Koof Little, Little Bull Connors? I don't know what that means. Oh, uh, she tweeted wistfully, someday we'll stop talking about the leak, maybe even admit that it's racist. However, now one former New York Times science editor, Nicholas Wade, chastised his former colleagues for ignoring the obvious evidence supporting the lab theory, as well as the Chinese efforts to arrest scientists and destroy evidence that could have established the origin. Others in academia quickly joined the bandwagon to assure the public that there is no scientific basis in their theory leaving only racism or politics as the motivation behind the theory. 
In early 2020, with little, little available evidence, two op-eds, The Lancet in February and Nature's Medicine, went all in on the denial front. The Lancet's op-ed stated that we stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that it doesn't have a natural origin. We were also supposed to forget about the massive payments from the Chinese government to American universities and grants some of these writers to both Chinese interests or even specifically that lab. No reference of the lab theory was to be tolerated. When Senator Tom Cotton merely mentioned the possibility in 2020, it was set upon the by the usual flash mod, the Washington Post ridiculed him for repeating debunked conspiracy theories. In September 2020, Dr. Li Ming Yang, virologist and former post and, and former postdoctoral fellow at the University of Hong Kong, dared to repeat the theory on Fox News, saying, "I can present solid scientific scientific evidence that it is a man-made and created in a lab." The left-leaning Politifact slammed her and gave her a pants-on-fire rating. President Biden accused Trump of fanning flames of racism of the Chinese government over the lockdowns and the administration reportedly shut down the State Department investigation into possible lab origins of the coup. When Biden later revealed an investigation of the origins, he was denounced as sugarcoating Trump's racism. The categorical rejection of the lab theory is, the only, is only the latest media narrative proven to be false. Obviously, the Russian collusion scandal, the president's son's computer, the Lafayette Park photo op conspiracy, the Nick Sandman controversy, Juicy Sommelier, the migrant cowboy scandal, and so many more. In the lab theory, media like the Washington Post piled on senators like Cotton and Ted Cruz for even mentioning it, later only to admit that it could be legitimate. All those experts and writers who were called racist or suspended by social media were simply forgotten in the media coverage, this is why this is really about censorship. Well, it's also about money. Money matters. And there are billions of Chinese dollars flowing across this border in the United States and all over the West that are either directly or indirectly supporting many, many collegiate institutions, many businesses, many real estate opportunities. All this stuff is getting funded with Chinese money. People don't want the China buck to stop. I've got no problem with Chinese people whatsoever. I have a huge problem with the Chinese government. Say the same thing about Russian people. Love Russian people. Not a fan of the government. You know what? I love Americans and I'm not a fan of our government either. It's not that wild. It's not that, it's not that crazy of a hot take, is it? None of this diminished demands for more censorship. Even after Twitter admitted it was wrongly, it wrongly blocked the New York Post story before the 2020 election, Democratic senators responded by warning the company not to cut back on censorship and even demanded more of it. Well, I mean, is anybody surprised? This included, you know, recently the Twitter files revealed an extensive and secret FBI effort to censor citizens on social media. This included undisclosed efforts by members like Representative Adam Schiff to get Twitter to ban a columnist and target critics. In a House hearing, Democratic leaders like Representative Jamie Raskin call for more censorship as opposed to investigations into the censorship efforts. Now, where did this all start? Well, an article that came out yesterday says, quote, quote, YouTube, are you hearing me? I'm quoting a news source. Leak the most likely origin of the COOF pandemic, Energy Department now says. Why is it the Energy Department? 
U.S. agencies revised assessment is now based on new intelligence. You mean the intelligence that they had all along? You know, there's a reason there's this thing called Occam's Razor, right? The U.S. Energy Department has concluded that the pandemic most likely arose from a lab leak, according to classified intelligence reports recently provided with the White House and key members of Congress. The shift by the Energy Department, which previously was undecided, is noted in an update to 2021 document Director of National Intelligence, Averill Haynes' office. The new reports highlights how different parts of the intelligence community have arrived at disparate judgments about the origin of the coup. The Energy Department now joins the Federal Bureau of Investigation in saying that it likely spread via a mishap at Chinese laboratory. Four other agencies, along with the National Intelligence Panel, still judge that it was likely results of a natural transmission, and two are undecided. The Energy Department's conclusion is a result of new intelligence and significant because this agency has considerable scientific expertise and oversees the network of United States national laboratories, some which conduct advanced biological research. The Energy Department made its judgment with, quote, low confidence, according to people who have read the classified report. The FBI recently came to the conclusion that it was likely due to lab leak back in 2021 with moderate confidence and still holds this view. It's so wild. It's so wild to me that, you know, obviously this was unleashed on the world. Millions of people affected by this, right? There will be no consequences for this. You know, if there are a different president in office, maybe, I don't know, the most oppressive trade sanctions in United States history would be in place. I feel like that would be good for this country. That would be a good way to punish them. Um, you know, th this is absolutely insane. They will take no um, responsibility for this. All the people's lives who were destroyed for even trying to talk about this, canceled, banned off social media, businesses closed, pariahs. And we were right. Everyone was right, at least according to now the Washington Post, which is an interesting timing, isn't it? It's interesting timing that this is coming out right now. I think it's part of um, a greater push that they're going to try to saddle Trump with this. This is why they're now able to talk about the poke. Because they're going to say, well, this is really Trump's poke. And then he pushed it on you, so don't vote for him. And he did push the poke. But I think I've seen down the line into election season here. Now it's going to be fine to blame China for this. It's going to be, this was Trump's poke, not Joe Biden's, not Democrats. Um, this is all bluster. That's why there will be no real consequences of this. What, you know, was Anthony Fauci, how much was Anthony Fauci involved in this? You know, did he know? Firstly, we have a absolute uh, bloodbath at Twitter, again, uh, including the firings of people who are in charge of important product rollouts like Twitter Blue. The executive that famously slept on the floor at Twitter gets fired. Uh, and interestingly, um, <laughs> Elon Musk doesn't seem to care about it. I'm starting to, you know... I, 
Twitter has actually become, it's, it's weird. I don't know if it's like this for you or not. It certainly has maybe something to do with all the weird drama over the past couple of months that I've been involved in uh, and will not be getting involved in again for quite some time. Uh, Twitter has like gotten so hostile and uh, just kind of like a net negative lately. Everyone's angry all the time, but I mean, that's kind of always how it was. But maybe that's because that's who I'm interacting with and then I'm seeing them people. But, you know, I'm starting to think that Twitter is, you know, I mean, it's not going to go anywhere, but there is probably a cause for concern. Have a good Sunday. Elon Musk posts tweet hours after firing 200 more Twitter staff from the workforce uh, to cut the workforce to less than 2,000. This is a place that had, what, 8,000 or so employees when he bought it? As top lieutenant who led the Twitter blue tick relaunch and slept on the office floor is among those who were fired. I think it, it's safe to say that the Twitter blue launch was half-baked. I still don't think they should have sold the blue check mark. Um, you know, as for me, I've, I've decided that, you know, there's just not enough value there anymore. And I think I'm going to leave the Twitter blue program, uh, part, partly also because, you know, people, uh, still seem to be able to manipulate the platform to get people suspended off Twitter. Um, and there's a lot of just value that hasn't been delivered in terms of, um, you know, the $11 or $9 a month or whatever it is. Twitter's laid off another 200 employees, around 10% of remaining workforce, in this latest round of cuts since Elon took over in late October. On Sunday, Musk tweeted, hope you all have a good Sunday, first day of the rest of your life. Saturday's cuts targeted product managers, data scientists, and engineers, and include product manager and Musk devotee Esther Crawford, who led the launch of the paid subscription service Twitter Blue. Crawford famously backed Musk's extremely hardcore Twitter 2.0 culture, culture when first took over and was pictured on the office floor in a sleeping bag with a sleeping, with a sleeping mask in back in November of 2022. The Twitter user Richard Hart responded to Musk's post in, except for those that today was their last, well, it's not the last day of the rest of their life. Um, a layoff is not that big a deal. Uh, especially in tech, I suppose, although there's many people in tech that continue to uh, think that the bottom is never going to fall out. The layoffs impacted the largest number of people at the company since half the company was laid off back in November. Employees discovered they were set to lose their jobs after they found themselves unable to log in to their emails or work computers. Musk told com uh, employees during a meeting in late November that he planned no more plans for staff. I'm sorry, no more plans for staff layoffs were being made. Now this does, this sort of thing is, you know, a harsh reality, but also that's why you never say there will be no more layoffs. Uh, this is uh, obviously something that is going to crush morale. And you also see, you know, at the time must defended the decision to fire 3,700 people saying there's no choice when the company is losing $4 million a day. He defended the decision saying that all those who were fired were offered three month severance 50% more than what is legally required. But staff suspected another wave of cuts was coming this month after they suddenly lost access to their Slack channels last week. On Saturday night, some found they had been logged out of their emails and laptops. The latest cuts hit product managers, including Crawford, as well as data scientists and engineers who worked on machine learning and site reliability, according to the New York Times. 
Staff took to the anonymous platform for verified workers to detail the cuts as they unfolded this weekend. Quote, people receive email at 2 a.m. on Saturday and access cut off immediately. This will go down as one of the most extreme layoffs in the entire corporate history, read a post on Blind. The poster can claim the layoffs hit project management department the hardest and were spread across human relations, sales and marketing, engineering and finance. Crawford, who said before joining Twitter, founded a small screen sharing uh, of the video chat app called Squad, which Twitter acquired back in 2020, was among those laid off. Halidur Thorleifsen, Thorleifsen, who created Design Studio, was also laid off. Um, senior project manager, manager said he found out about the layoffs after being locked out of his email account. The dismal dismissal of much of the product team has led many to speculate that Musk is preparing to bring in, in entirely new teams. Well, I think that that's probably a smart idea at this point. Twitter Blue, I think, you know, the launch it just seems so rushed. And while editing tweets is a nice feature, um, the longer posts, that's a nice feature. Um, the video thing really hasn't taken off. Um, I post, I used to post long form videos on, on Twitter and it didn't really seem to affect my reach. You know, if, if that got fixed, you know, that would be something, um, you know, Musk flagged changes in November to turn Twitter into a more hardcore work environment. The billionaire has been shrewd and direct about the financial turmoil. Um, you know, you see during the today's launch of Twitter Blue, the San Francisco team experienced two literal fire drills, all this kind of stuff. Twitter shut off its internal slack and now, quote, everybody's barely working. Jira went down, slack's gone, site performance is degraded. What's next? This is the Verge from Verge, which of course hates Elon Musk. Today, let's check in on Elon Musk's Twitter, where sudden software outages, another dubious transparency effort has left the company's remaining workers more beleaguered than usual. On Wednesday, Twitter employees had the tech equivalent of a snow day. The company's Slack instance was down for, quote, routine maintenance. They were told, and the company was implementing a deployment freeze as a result. The same day, Jira, a, a tool Twitter uses to track everything from progress on features and updates on regulatory compliance, also stopped working. With no way to chat, no code to ship, most engineers took the days off. Jira access was restored on Thursday, but Platformer can now confirm that Slack wasn't down for routine maintenance. There is no such thing as routine maintenance. That's BS, a current Slack employee told us. This, in this, as in so many other things, Twitter hasn't paid, in this, as in so many other things, Twitter hasn't paid its Slack bill, but that's not why Slack went down. Someone at Twitter manually shut off access, we're told. Platformer was not able to learn the reason prior to publication, though the move suggests Musk may have turned against the communication app, or at least wants to see if Twitter can run without Slack. Well, uh, what you aren't aware of is Slack banned libs of TikTok. So this could be something, you know, uh, that Elon is noticing and reacting to. Uh, I don't know what libs of TikTok use it for, um, but, you know, that was obviously an ideological ban. And I, I think, you know, I suspect that perhaps Twitter may, or Elon may be making some sort of announcement about that too. And like, Hey, I'm not going to support this software. Of course, the verge failed to report on that part. Boy, my nose looks really burned on the camera. <laughs> it's not that bad in real life. On blind, the anonymous workplace chat app. The disappearance of such critical tools was met with a mixture of disbelief, frustration, and to a lesser extent, glee. 
We didn't pay our Slack bill, one employee wrote. Now everyone is barely working, pennywise, pound foolish. Another worker called the disappearance of Slack the proverbial final straw. Another worker called, so oddly enough, it's Slack deactivation that has pushed me to finally start applying to get out. Here's what I'm thinking. The rot was too deep. The rot was just simply too deep uh, at Twitter to be saved. I think Elon probably thought, and I'm sure there are good people there. I just, I just hope there is. So, you know, Twitter files kind of indicate that that isn't the case. But I would suspect almost the entire team's going to be gone now. That Elon's gonna is probably done uh, trying to save, you know, uh, the few good employees. And there just seems like, I mean, if you're like a good employee, are you whining about your company on some anonymous app? No, I don't think so. Um, I think you should be, you know, either working on your job or applying for other jobs. But if you're spending time complaining about your job, that's like the literal least active thing, productive thing you can do. After everyone was gone, I had no one to ask questions. When stuck, an employee who stayed on past the first round of layoffs wrote in blind. I used to search for, quote, error in messages in Slack and got help 99% of the time. Well, that sounds like maybe you're not a, I mean, maybe you should be more trained as an employee if you're go literally Googling answers constantly at work. Um, but I think what this really means is that's, that Elon's going to just get rid of the rest of them. I think that's really the case here. Um, there's going to be very few, very few. Um, and you see Esther Crawford here saying, you know, def I, I don't, the worst take you could have from watching me go all in on Twitter 2.0 is that my optimism or hard work was a mistake. Those who jeer and mock are necessarily on the sidelines and not in the arena. I'm deeply proud of the team for building through so much noise and chaos. You know, I'd say uh, pretty good. You know, that's a pretty good way to handle getting fired. I, I think, though, at this point, it's pretty um, it's pretty rough. Uh, it's pretty rough to see. I should probably follow, see if anything else comes on. You know, I, I don't think that there's really anything that, that Elon could save at Twitter. I think it's just basically the rot has gone too deep. Um, and this is just another sign of it. The past 10 days or so, I've been uh, out of town, relaxing a little bit. Relaxing for me meant still doing my videos in the morning, but spending the rest of the day in a, in a foreign world where people were laying around and doing nothing all day. And I had my first run-in with what you might call an influencer. This is the worst kind of human uh, to run into when you're trying to vacation. We saw many viral videos. Uh, where, uh, you know, these kids are in like Home Depot and their parents are filming them doing TikTok dance videos. Uh, it's a sign of the collapse of society. It is simply not good. Uh, and one confrontation just happened and uh, probably didn't go the way that this uh, e-girl had anticipated. Uh, and uh, we're going to take a look at it right now. A TikTok creator has been left in shock after a neighbor apparently approached her while she was filming and blasted her in a foul-mouthed rant about her video making. Amber O'Donnell, 24, 
uh, has amassed 257,000 followers on TikTok for her spicy content, which she records on a daily basis. She was filming a clip for Pancake Day on Tuesday when her apparent neighbor knocked on her window, startling her demanding to speak with her. The video began about a 24-year-old sitting in her parked car, Sounds Pancake Day, just about to go to the shop, blah, 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 blah. Um, Amber then looks at the passion window, a rapid knock can be heard. Oh my God, huh? Before rolling down the window, um, saying, are you okay? A woman can be heard saying, I'm not being funny. You need to stop now. You're being really loud. I'm sat in my garden. I've come home from work and all I can hear is your gob. Amber confused at the confrontation replies, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm just making a TikTok. The disgruntled woman says, I know, but you're always making TikToks. It's every day. Uh, Amber then explains, well, yeah, because making TikToks is my job. Sad. The woman retorts, well, I've just come home from my actual job, and I really don't just want to hear it. I can hear, or I can't hear you. I can see, effing see you. You're always stood in your window with your, <laughs> with your bobs out, and I've had enough. I don't want to see it. I'm just letting you know that it's not just me that thinks it, it's the rest of the neighbors as well. Amber is left stunned as she covers her mouth in disbelief, asking, why are you looking at me if I'm stood in my window? Uh, because they can see you? I don't even really understand the question there. She's interrupted by the woman saying, what do you mean, why am I looking? You're in your window. They're clear. That's all I can see. All I can hear. All you do every effing day, and I've had enough. A stunned Amber replies, I'm sorry. The woman doesn't even allow her to finish. I've tried to be nice, but I can't be doing with it. It's too much. I'm letting you know you're pissing everyone off. Amber's left shocked and says, um, before this woman once again cuts her off and says, I don't want to hear it, before seemingly storming off. The video ends with Amber asking into the camera, I can't believe that just happened. I can. She's not in the best shape, to be honest with you. But um, anyway, I, that's the pot calling the kettle black, right? <laughs> so I'll just shut my mouth on that. Another user commented, I'd have closed the window. A fifth quipped, oh my gosh, my anger could never. You handled it so well. Speaking of the incident, Amber said, I was so stunned and a little upset as I know I would never intentionally do something annoying my neighbors. Yeah, right. It's really not that difficult to uh, to understand why they might be PO'd at you, um, especially if their husbands are there staring out the windows. Plus, by the way, I don't care how you look. If you're walking around, look, it's just called decorum. You know, have a little bit of it. Um, what's what's interesting is, is that, of course, she's milking this <laughs> uh, every to, you know, the nth degree, because, of course, that's what these people do. And of course, she replies to me. Uh, let's see. She's uh, an oh, she's an OnlyFans creator, uh, one of the top ones on the platform. No idea whether this article has been directed at my OnlyFans when the initial altercation had no relevance to that at all. Again, this is probably why you sell your beehole on the internet, but the altercation absolutely had to do with that. The woman was saying that you're walking around with your tees out filming your OF content. And a lot of people say, have you considered purchasing blinds? 
it's like, oh my God, I just couldn't even, I don't even know why this old Betty would be mad. I'm just walking around with my, with my tees hanging out and selling pictures of my beehole in front of my window. What's so, uh, that was like a weird accent flip, but like the, the, uh, what's hilarious is like this person's so clueless. All my neighbors don't even know I do OF bull. Everybody knows if you live in an apartment complex, they know they all know they've seen it, especially if you're walking in front of the window. I rarely take content at home. The issue was with me making TikToks loudly. Um, no, that's not true at all. And I would never only be, I would only ever be, uh, in my birthday suit at my house. I was just getting out of the shower, getting changed, which I'm entitled to do. My neighbors don't even directly view of my bedroom window, so it's clear they go out of the way to snoop. I, I just feel like I don't believe this. I feel like I don't believe this. I have curtains, as stated before, and I'm not parading around that way, so no neighbors have a direct view of my house. I'm a, I, 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 let's just take a look at the video, because it's awesome. So it's pancake day. I am just about to go to the shop. I'm gonna get some stuff. I'm gonna film myself what? some pancake. Oh my god. Huh? Are you okay? I'm not being funny, but you need to stop now. You, you're being really loud. I'm sat in my garden. I've just come home from work, and all I can hear is your gob. Well, I mean, this woman has <laughs> had enough, but like, I don't know if this is the worst offense. If you're sitting in your car and you can hear somebody in the car next to you, I, I don't really know. Like, I, I'm not going to like simp for this woman, but like, that's clearly not what it's about. So it's pancake day. I okay. I'm not being funny, but you need to stop now. You, you're being really loud. I'm sat in my garden. I've just come home from work and all I can hear is your gob. Oh, I'm really sorry. I'm just making a TikTok. I know, but you're always making TikToks. It's every day now. Well, yeah, because making TikToks is my job. Well, I've just come from my actual job. <laughs> I really just don't want to hear it. If I can't hear you, I can f you. You're always stood in your windows where you out, and I've had enough. <laughs> now, as with all potential viral moments, I always suspect, especially with these e-girls, like the ones that like every few months you get this article where it's like, Oh my God, I'm just too hot to work at McDonald's. Here's my OF link, by the way. I don't want to see it. I'm just letting you know, it's not just me that thinks it, it's the rest of the neighbors as well. Why are you looking if I'm stood at my name? Why am I looking? You're in your windows, they're clear. That's all I can see, all I can hear, all I can do is you every day. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not trying to be nice. But I think society has certainly gotten too polite. And then with the video of like people are just trying to like do their shopping at Home Depot, and then you get these uh, stupid influencers dancing in the hall. No, yeah, it's a public place. You have every right to be there. But guess what? I'm not going to move my cart out of out of the way. I'm not going to make sure I clear the way for uh, your, you know, to have a clean uh, scene for you. And maybe I'm going to sneeze or make talk loudly and make you have to do it over again. But I can't be doing with it. It's too much. I'm just letting you know you pissed everyone off. Um, I'm... I'm...
what just happened? Now, it's possible that this was a setup because it's like, let's see, her banner is $100 bills. Her photo, her picture is very heavily photoshopped. Um, you All you do is sell your spicy content. Um, I don't even, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're out here in public dressed like that. Um, but you're definitely, your neighbors are definitely the problem. By the way, what's great about this, she's selling 50% off at the moment, one like. Then this whole, like, you sound like your husband watches my content. Like, <laughs> I don't want your man. It's not, it's not my fault your man wants me. Okay, so this girl's not just exactly some innocent uh, girl who is just trying to do an OF video or a, a TikTok video. She's just an uh, a whore, in my opinion. <laughs> like that's you know, I I mean, like that's what you know. I don't I don't know. Like here you are out here, and you know you're just you're just a run of the mill. Oh my god, yeah, you're just a run of the mill skank. That that's you know nothing to be nothing to see here. Don't feel bad for you at all. Was hilarious. It's been a while since we had a cancellation this thorough, and it looks like um, this is with Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert. Uh, Scott Adams has had some wild takes on the poke. Um, you know, he's not somebody that I followed that closely. I don't usually see him arguing. Um, which with with what looked like poke regret a lot of times but you know this is a case where i've got to come to the guy's defense and elon musk has also come to his defense and just breaking now um essentially he has been completely canceled because he had a non-dilbert related book also get canceled all this for referencing some 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 statistics musk calls media racist over backlash to dilbert creators comments Musk blasted the media as racist after hundreds of newspapers around the country dropped the comic strip Dilbert, whose creator unleashed a rant last week that many saw as racist. Scott Adams, creator of Popular Comic, said on an episode of his YouTube show that black people were part of a hate group after reading a survey conducted by conservative pollster that asked whether or not it's, quote, okay to be white, in which most black Americans agreed and 26% disagreed. Eh, we'll look at that. Musk replied to a Twitter thread was defending Adams, who is white, or the weekend saying the media is racist. For a very long time, the U.S. media was racist against non-white people. Now they're racist against whites and Asians, Musk said. Who is white, of course, said on Twitter, which he owns on Sunday. Same thing happened with elite colleges, high schools in America. Maybe they can try not being racist. Well, this is simply just a factual statement. Um, you know, the discriminatory against, you know, straight white men and women, to be honest with you, at this point at the collegiate level is undeniable. Um, you have Ivy League schools proudly touting this, um, you know, and, you know, in the workplace, you know, lots of companies, not every company is like that, but it's something that is certainly well documented, right? Now, Adam's string of racially motivated rants, it wasn't really a rant, included him saying that white people are helping black people, white people helping black people has completely failed, urging other white people to stop doing it. 
White people are trying to help black America for decades and decades has completely failed. We should just stop doing it because all we get called are racist. Basically, there's no payoff. I, you know, I, I don't know. People are really aggressive and, and angry these days. But I still try to stick true to my principles and say that, you know, let's not complain about getting painted with a broad brush and then go on to paint with an extremely broad brush. Um, and, you know, Musk's musing against media outlets being racist is not the first time he's leaned into conserv conservative theories. That's not a conservative theory. It's just a fact. Then Scott Adams just recently tweeted, my publisher for non-Dilbert books has canceled my upcoming book and the entire blacklist. Backlist, sorry. Still no disagreement about my point of view. My book agent also canceled me too. I mean, I, I don't, when you look at what was actually said, he's opining in real time to uh, a report that came out. I want to actually pull up and break down the report because I think it's important that you look at exactly what this report was and how the media really leans into this racial division. And it happens on the right too, just as much as it happens on the left. And in this particular case, you know, it also matters kind of what you're consuming um, and how often and where you're consuming it, I guess, is what I want to say. So there's this post by Jeff Charles um, who breaks down, you know, he says, okay, it's time for me to address the Rasmussen poll that Scott Adams cited when he set the internet on fire. Okay, and he also wrote an article, which I'll, you know, I'll recommend he wrote on Liberty Nation. Jeff Charles is it's for Red State and Liberty Nation and Newsweek Opinion, I guess. For those who missed it, there's a good thread by him though, so respect. Uh, Rasmussen published the results of a survey in which it asked both white and black respondents if they agreed with the statement, quote, it's okay to be white. According to the poll, supposedly, 53% of black Americans, quote, somewhat or strongly agreed with the statement. However, some influencers on the right are seizing on the other part of the poll, which found that 47% of black respondents either disagreed with the statement or indicated that they were not sure. This is being used to claim that almost half of all black folks think it's not okay to be white. This is a narrative that folks on the right are running with. I've seen very few questioning the results of the poll, which would be quite incendiary if it was true. In fact, most seem to be blindly believing it with no sense of curiosity about how the poll is conducted. And this is exactly where we get into this thing. There's, there's lies, there's dang, there's dang lies, and then there's statistics. So here's the numbers behind the actual poll, okay? Rasmussen said they surveyed 1,000 people. 13% of those respondents were black, meaning this question was put to 130 total black respondents. 47% of black respondents indicated that they disagreed with the statement or were not sure. So I think, you know, it's maybe fair to lump them together. Maybe not. That's you let me know. What this means is that 61 total black people who were surveyed by Rasmussen disagreed with the statement or were not sure if you put them together. Here's the question. Why does it make sense to assume that 61 black folks somehow represent 40 million black people that live in the United States? The fact is, in my opinion, it is not. Um, 
I, I do think that, you know, Twitter, I think that all these media outlets push division. Um, the right does it, and so does the left. And, and it's like race relations have never been worse than they are right now. Well, I mean, I suppose during slavery and Jim Crow era, but it, it's just like in my lifetime, I'll say they've never been worse. And why? The reason is that it is a grift. The race grift is extremely popular. You whip people up into believing this stuff. And sure, there are black people out there that, that are racist. That's, I don't buy into the whole like black people can't be racist. Of course they can. Um, and there are white people too. But like this poll, of course, was set up to imply that some huge chunk of black Americans, you know, are now fact-based saying that they don't, you know, they, they don't think it's okay or whatever. You know, the reality is it doesn't. No rational person would assume that 61 people could ever represent or even be an accurate representation of all or even most black Americans. So the idea that black people are a hate group is absurd on its face. This isn't a knock at Scott Adams. When I saw his first video, I knew what he was doing because I've listened to him for quite a while. And I know he wouldn't blindly fall for a poll. He was being provocative to make a point that you can either disagree or agree with. And he goes on to, you know, say, you know, yesterday I posted a tweet saying that people who are deeply invested in keeping us divided, divided by race, by class, divided by team red and team blue, they want tensions to exist as much as possible. And I 100% agree with that. I 100% agree with that. There are people on the right that, or I'm sorry, there are, there are black folks that are racist. That's just a fact. Um, you see that the very video evidence of black folks having problems with Asians, uh, with white people, this is just a fact. But there are also white people who are. And, you know, it's just, I, 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 I caution people to get, you know, not to get so sucked up in this because this is what the media wants, right? The more you get whipped up in all this, um, the more likely you're to, to react in a negative way and create more news for the machine to create more division, right? If, if black people think that all white people hate them, um, they may react more differently when interacting with white people. And that creates viral videos and news stories. And the same thing is true for white people. If they are constantly living in fear, uh, you know, they are easily controlled. This is what the media does. I'm not saying that there aren't problems out there. I see them on Twitter all the time. And, they, and there's plenty of them seem racially motivated. But, you know, I spent the weekend, uh, you know, in a very diverse area. I spent the last 10 days in a very diverse area. And it was, you know, no problems at all. The only physical problem I've ever had in my life was with a lunatic leftist white guy. So, you know, I think when you look at the cities, it's obviously very, you know, the video coming out of there is scary. But Elon Musk, I think the point here is that Elon Musk is right. That the media creates this division. It wants this division. This Rasmussen poll that now cost Scott Adams his entire career, um... Now, Jeff says he was being deliberately provocative. I don't know that answer. I don't know Scott Adams that well. I mean, I've seen him getting dunked on on Twitter. 
But I, I, I can't imagine that him saying, you know, a thing or two about uh, some data, you know, would justify the total and complete cancellation. You know, he's essentially getting the Kanye treatment for an off-the-cuff remark about, you know, some data that is not representative. Now, if they go out and, and interview 100,000 black folks and the same numbers agree, okay, well, now you have a representative sample. But the media, the machine, look at what CNBC said. Musk said this about the media, and then what do they do? Oh, look at all the hate speech on Twitter. Look at this bad. This is what the media does. Look at this terrible racist thing somebody did. Not like, you know, the hundreds of thousands of, of Americans around this country over the years that have helped people regardless of the race. That isn't a good story. Look at every time there's a natural disaster. You think these people give a dang about their race? There's white people there, black people, people, Asian people all trying to help each other. That's just not a good story, is it? The one lunatic who... uh you know, does something stupid based on race, that gets clicks, that gets headlines. So Elon Musk is 100% correct in his assessment of the media. It's been interesting to watch uh, Tate Protege, Aiden Ross, who, you know, was certainly popular before uh, he started palling around with Tate, um, kind of go to war with Twitch. Uh, the kind of the SJW Twitch world. We haven't really talked about it in a long time because I feel like Twitch is getting less and less relevant. People are doing just fine streaming on YouTube. There's always a new alternative to live stream on, and, you know, Rumble. I've seen some very large live streams on Rumble. You know, I think Crowder had half a million or something like that on election night. So there's lots of alternatives now. It's like people don't really talk about Twitch anymore. And what's interesting is, is seeing the normies waking up i guess you stay in this game long enough um you see a new generation pick up the torch or pick up kind of um kind of get i'm not going to say take the red pill because that's cringe but like a new generation get enlightened to this and this is an individual aiden ross who is extremely popular uh on twitch for streaming i don't know what girls I'm not sure. It's not, I mean, it's not my cup of tea playing NBA video games and then having famous people. There's this thing when you're like, you're a popular Twitch streamer, then all you have to do is bring on other popular Twitch streamers and you don't really have to be entertaining anymore. That's like the top of the mountain. But um, I think that's what his content looks like. But, you know, no disrespect. I just don't watch him. But uh, certainly he's drawn the ire of many in the mainstream media because he's close with Andrew uh, Tate. And uh, he was recently permanently banned from Twitch. Reason not given. Does that remind you of anyone else? Is he getting the Dr. Disrespect treatment? Sure seems like it, right? Like, remember, I mean, remember when Dr. Disrespect was like talking about, you know, what's come out is that he was negotiating his Twitch contract against what was it? The Microsoft one at the time and then Facebook at the time. Twitch didn't like that or something like that. He ends up getting banned. Nobody really knows the real reason. This lawsuit that Dr. Disrespect was going to bring against Twitch has gone nowhere as far as I know. Um, and it seems that Aiden Ross may have suffered the same fate. A permanent ban, according to him, for no reason whatsoever. Uh, and it's been interesting because it's put a huge light, it's shined a huge light on the next big Twitch competitor. 
And what makes this Twitch competitor different is they have big money. Now, <laughs> I suppose you could say Microsoft had big money too, but these guys have like online casino money and they have big names that actually want to stream there. Um, so you see this particular tweet, Aiden Ross, a popular Twitch streamer, has found himself in a heated debate after making controversial comments about gender. In a recent tweet, Ross stated that he believed that there are only two genders. Well, he's correct. Sparking outrage and criticism from fans and fellow streamers alike. It's worth noting that the remark was made in light of him being banned on Twitch, where he made a similar statement. He later took to his Twitter handle to reinforce his belief that there are only two genders. Notable streamers such as Hassan Abi and XQC weighed in on the matter, some defending Ross's right to free speech and others condemning his remarks as harmful and damaging. Well, you know what's more harmful? Ignoring biology. Um, but you see like, oh, I'm sure you're wrong in every way. Blah, blah, blah. Um, Aiden, there's only two. So you see Hassan, anytime a media personality is falling off, they think this is their parachute cord. Um, well, it seems like maybe it worked because the tweet got 500,000 likes. I mean, that's the tweet got 500,000 likes, went viral, had 45 million views or something like that. Um, you know, I think ultimately some people say, I don't understand what happened, bro. Where did the love go? I think that a lot of people, uh, you know, think they keep a lot of things under their their hat, right? So to speak. Uh, and they don't, they know they can't say stuff like this. And at the end of the day, like what's the value in just proclaiming there are only two genders? Well, it's to reinforce that as a scientific fact. Um, they went after JK Rowling for the same sort of thing. So why was Aiden Bass on, uh, banned on Twitch? As previously stated, Aiden Ross was recently banned on Twitch, marking it the eighth time that the serum had received punishment on the purple platform. Aiden voices dissatisfaction with Twitch. Alleging, alleging that the platform is populated by deceitful Karens and that Twitch selectively targets him. He further stated that Twitch discriminates against him. Quote, it's full of corrupted, pure corrupted. Hold on. Sorry, Twitch is full of corrupted Karens and they pick and choose me. And unless you're a certain person with certain beliefs, then they don't F with you. I assume he's figuring out what we all knew about Twitch and that the only political opinion allowed to you know, be prominent on the platform is far left. And even if, you know, you don't hold, I mean, there's a reason. Why do you think there is no popular conservative leaning streamers on the entire platform? Like, don't you think there'd be at least a handful since there's like 20,000 brain dead leftists that are popular on the platform? There's only one type of accepted speech on Twitch. Um, you know, despite being banned on Twitch, Aiden Ross does have another platform where he can continue streaming to his community. The content creator recently signed a multi-year deal with Kick and Stake. So he's going to be promoting gambling uh, on, on, their, uh, on Kick's platform. Uh, you know, I guess. I, I don't know. I don't think you can stream gambling if you live in the United States legally. I think there are ways you can do it, but I don't think you're supposed to. Didn't some some people like fly to another country so they could stream it? Like fly down to Mexico so they could stream it? I suppose they could probably do that. But you know the guy seems to be, you know, well liked. He's got twenty thousand likes to a hundred thousand views. A lot of these streamers, man, they sleep on YouTube. They just use it as a dumping ground. But you know, when you need us, when you need YouTube because you've been banned from somewhere, you know, you show up. So you know, he says cancel, cancel culture. He's talking about it. Um, 
you know, 100% truth. I love you. Whoever sticks with you after all this BS takes a lot of guts. Cancel culture only works on the left. Um, you know, I think that's good to have uh, another voice in this, even if it's not from maybe the type of person you would expect. Because at the end of the day, cancel culture comes for everybody. And uh, it will eventually, at least if, unless you're on the left. Um, even then, it can it can get pretty rough. So, you know, I guess best wishes to this guy. Um, he, he's super famous. He's way more famous than me. I don't mean to be like this guy. Um, he said some weird stuff in the past, certainly. But uh, that's his right. You know, and unless there's something in particular, what I'm thinking, here's what I'm thinking, the reason Twitch banned him is because he probably already had a deal at Kick and he was using his Twitch platform to stir up controversy to come over to Kick and stream. That's if if it were me, like the cynical marketing guy, that's what I would do. What's crazy about, well, I guess if I could secure a bag that big, I'm not Aiden Ross, but I could tell you right now, if Kick, if Kick backed up the Brinks truck and said, hey, get banned off, <laughs> go ahead and get banned off YouTube, here's... 10 million bucks, I'd probably do it. And I would just enjoy all on alt tech forever. Um, and that's why I promote my alt tech. You know, that's why I'm on Rumble. That's why I'm on BitChute. That's why I'm on, on Odyssey. Um, Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey. Who am I forgetting? Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey. Well, on YouTube, I guess. But if you look, you know, the site's obviously in beta. Um, the biggest categories it has is slots which is kind of a bummer. I don't love slots. But, you know, you see just chatting as a lot of people. And I mean, there's 40, 50, 60, maybe like 70,000 people on the site. Um, this guy, Rush Teen, has 23,000 viewers. So it's not nothing. We've seen Twitch clones come up before. Uh, DLive was one. Trovo was one. And all of them, like, reach out uh, to me whenever I'm and they want to do ads on my channel to stream on our platform exclusively. And, you know, I think there really needs to be a place for people who, um, don't want to walk on eggshells. Do I agree with Aiden Ross streaming literal prawn to his viewers? No. Do I think he should be restreaming the Super Bowl? No, that those are not smart decisions. However, um, outside of like literal law breaking stuff, uh, I, I, you know, I support him pushing against a grain. You need people who are big enough who get, who can go whole hog onto these other platforms. Otherwise, they'll never succeed. They need people that are not banned everywhere else to get you know, attracted organically. But the only way you're going to do that is, is if somebody like Aiden Ross and all these other people, it's why, it's why um, Microsoft paid for Ninja, right? Even Ninja wasn't enough to keep that platform alive. So I don't know what Kick's going to do. They're going to have to buy huge numbers you know, sponsor huge numbers of influencers to come over uh, and, and do it. But any competition for Twitch is a huge net positive for the entire world, in my opinion. So best of luck to you, Aiden. Uh, keep keep telling the truth. And, uh, you know, maybe don't stream the Super Bowl uh, or, or show your viewers prawn and then you'll be good. Good luck, bud.